electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, one year since the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of liberty and fair play. Today, a look at our democracy and our leadership with New York Times columnist Tom Friedman. We need a national unity government right now. The biggest thing facing our country is not inflation, it's not lower taxes or higher taxes, it's not climate change. It's actually the integrity of our political system. What's next for our country could be on thin ice. What I do see is us continuing to go down this path. Something's gonna break. The last year was like, I think we're standing on a floor with a false bottom. It's January 6th, 2022, and Squawk Pod begins right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. On this day, in the halls of the United States Capitol, President Biden warned about the fragility of American democracy. We are in a battle for the soul of America. Not allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of democracy. He spoke on the first anniversary of a day hard to forget, a shocking moment in history. As flash grenades going off, On the inauguration balcony, we're seeing flash grenades going off over and over again. January 6th, 2021. We're gonna walk down and I'll be there with you. We're gonna walk down to the Capitol. The deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. Today was a dark day in the history of the United States Capitol. During the closing moments of Donald Trump's presidency. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the president and the vice president according to the ballots that have been given to us. And the final late night certification of Biden's electoral victory. The announcement of the state of the vote. 
Just a few hours after that moment, this was Squawk Box on the morning of January 7th. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, and the sun is coming up this morning after an incredibly difficult day and night in Washington, D.C., the seat of democracy for the nation and the world. We're going to get straight over to Eamon Javers. Eamon. Yeah, Andrew, it was an awful and tragic day in Washington, D.C. yesterday. But in the end, uh, it came to a conclusion just as the Constitution said it must with Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, officially announcing the results of the election, announcing his own defeat and the victory of Joe Biden. Here's that moment. The announcement of the state of the vote by the president of the Senate shall be deemed a sufficient declaration of the person's elected president and Vice President of the United States, each for the term beginning on the 20th day of January, 2021. Now, just minutes after that, we had a statement online on Twitter from Dan Scavino. He's the social media director at the White House. The president, of course, has been banned from Twitter uh, for election misinformation and inciting violence. So the president was not able to issue a tweet on his own. Dan Scavino issuing this tweet on the president's behalf. He says, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. And, you know, my concern, frankly, Andrew, is that uh, these uh, Trumpist forces had a success yesterday and they were able to stop the constitutional process. They were able to uh, force the vice president of the United States and the Senate to scurry for cover. They took the floors. They controlled them unrestricted for a long period of time yesterday. Uh, and I think they will view that uh, as, a, as a big win. And I think that's a big recruiting uh, calling card uh, for that group. Uh, to say, look, we're the ones standing up, join us. I think their ranks might swell as a result of this. And, and I think that's the, the alarming and concerning thing. I mean, four people died yesterday. In this. I mean, it, this it, wasn't it, just it, some harmless prank. And it was, it was on the same day that it had to be apparent to President Trump that his petulance in not accepting the results. And, and maybe, you know, what was it, November 4th? Go two weeks. Exhaust your possibilities with... with lawsuits with the courts, you didn't like the outcome. That should have been clear at that point. So taking it yeah. to the next level again and again and again and again, to the point where you lose Georgia for your party, or you're essentially burning the, the, the house down, and, and now you've lost the Senate, and still not to be able to realize <clears throat> you know, that the, there's, your words and your actions have effects, and then to incite that yesterday, I mean, it's, it is beyond the payoff. And here we are, 364 days later. In the immediate aftermath of January 6th, Americans grieved, leaders cried, and many condemned the violence. Corporate leaders like Nelson Peltz came on CNBC to respond. What happened yesterday is a disgrace, and I, as an American, I'm embarrassed. You know, I didn't vote for Trump in 16. I voted for him in this past election, November. Today, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. Palantir CEO Alex Karp, the company contracts to the Pentagon and ICE, and Karp had suggested, to some uproar, that politics had no place in the office. He spoke out to The Washington Post. There's a certain monicum of uh, adult leadership necessary to run a significant organization of any kind, whether it's a university, a newspaper, a church, a synagogue, a mosque. This, this is below that line, and we shouldn't tolerate it. 
the violence, and more that some leadership in Washington looked past and later failed to condemn its root causes prompted a massive rethink in the corporate world. Mark Weinberger, former CEO and chairman at EY, told us this last year. Nobody gave money to a candidate or a cause thinking that they would ultimately end up voting against the certification of the next president. His peers felt the same. Did CEOs want to financially support Republicans who refused to vote to confirm the 2020 election results? Did lawmakers encourage violent division? Do they deserve to preserve our democracy? Many said no. Here's Becky Quick today with New York Times columnist Tom Friedman. Tom, here we are a year later with no agreement on what's happened and the nation's still divided. You say that the best way to come after this is for the CEOs and the business leaders uh, to really step up and take the, the largest voice. Why do you think that's the case? Well, Becky, I, I think you know, if you look at the business roundtable, the business council, the big you know, business associations, um, I, I think it's fair to say they, they lean center right you know, for the most part. Um, and I would say that the last center right um, uh, grouping in the country that has real leverage with the Republican Party. Um, other than the Liz Cheney's and the um, Adam Kinzinger's, everybody else has basically bent now to Trump's will. You know, my colleague Peter Baker had a great piece, I think, in our analysis in our paper this morning. The main point he made was not how much has changed since last year, but how much hasn't changed. I mean, in, in the face of what was an insurrection, um, uh, you know, encouraged by the President of the United States against the Capitol, against the democratic process, Basically, the whole Republican Party, after waffling at first, and even some coming out against Trump, like Mitch McConnell and um, Speaker McCarthy, has now fallen in line behind him. So I don't see where the leverage is going to come, Becky, um, to bring this party back to some level of rationality, other than a big force like the Business Council, the, the Roundtable, the major business leaders in the country. Hey, Tom, I've heard Marco Rubio and others kind of conflating this with the the race riots and a lot of looting that was taking place back in the summer of 2020. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to stand up and say that that was good, that that was right. There was horrible things that were happening with the looting events and things that were kind of um, violence erupting in cities around this country. But that's not one and the same. This was an attack on democracy and on the country and on the vote uh, of this nation. This was democracy itself. And I think that's a pretty important distinction. I think it's a very important distinction to make. I mean, um, uh, and it would be false equivalence to um, uh, to cite the riots in Portland with uh, people ordered by or encouraged by the president to ransack the Capitol as part of a broader effort by the president to basically uh, use procedural you know, measures to reverse the vote of the last election, the will of the people. That said, um, what I argue in my piece as a political matter, as a way of um, you know getting through to people, you know, I, I, if I were the if I were business leaders right now, I would say, look, we're against two things. We're against dismantling the police and dismantling the Constitution. They may not be equal, but they're very emotionally equal for a lot of people in certain places. That's fine. I think most of the country is somewhere in between those those two poles. But Becky, the, the main point is there is no other leverage point out there uh, on the Republican Party now other than the American business leadership. And as you know, Liz Cheney said, you, you can either be loyal to Donald Trump or you can be loyal to the Constitution, but you can't be both. And last year, you know, people could kind of get away with, well, you know, this or that, not going to do this, and maybe it's that. This year, I think it's going to be different. This year is going to be crunch time. I think the reason that this has gotten even more important 
as it hasn't kind of gotten stamped out and decided and, and, and people still arguing about the last election without any evidence of a huge number of, of, of incorrect votes or voter fraud on any sense, is it just raises questions from both sides. Next time around, if the Democrats lose an election, are they going to come back and say, this was unfair too? I mean, the, these were the Constitution and democracy and, and what happens here. There's just so much at stake. And, you know, we've been talking this morning about a business leader standing up, but who else needs to say something about this? Well, you know, certainly we, we would hope that Republicans would stand up and say something about this. Um, uh, the principal Republicans who helped preserve actually the integrity of the last election. But unfortunately, so many of them have fallen in line now behind Trump and gone down to Mar-a-Lago and, and kissed the ring. You know, Becky, I lived in a country, Lebanon, that um, had a civil war. Um, and one reason it had a civil war was that the political leaders all thought that they could sort of bang away at the system, abuse it, um, uh, steal from it, um, uh, undermine it, and it would all hold. It would, it would always hold. And then one day, it didn't hold. It broke apart. And when it did, they couldn't get back together yet. And we are approaching that point. You can't just abuse democracy. You can't just say an election that clearly elected this man without any shred of fraud uh, that was affirmed by the attorney general and the FBI leader appointed by this man, that that election was a fraud. You, you can't just say that over and over without there being enormous implications. You know, um, look at look at the story. My, my colleague David Leonhardt pointed this out today about Trump was speaking at a, a rally of, of his people. And he said, I got vaccinated. He got booed. Um, then he, he urged people to get a booster. He got booed. Well, you know, what that tells you is, is the whole base now is is even, you know, in parts of it is, is even more extreme than the leaders that they, they fed this. So the idea that you can control this down the road, that's really an illusion. What we need, Becky. Um, and, and David you know, pointed this out in his piece, too. I, I put it in my terms. We need a national unity government right now. The biggest thing facing our country is not inflation. OK, uh, it's not lower taxes or higher taxes. It's not climate change. It's actually the integrity of our political system. And I think the only thing that will save it is a national unity government, um, uh, not unlike what Israel did. Israel was facing a similar uh, situation. They could not elect a new prime minister. And in the end, they opted for a national unity government. And I think we're going to have to what think that about mean? that. Well, it may mean that if Joe Biden runs again. He asked Mitt Romney to be his vice president or Liz Cheney, um, where you get principal Democrats and principal Republicans to run together for the express purpose of saving the system and then working as best they can on the issues where there is overlap. That's what Israel basically did. Our system is not set up for that at all. It's not a parliamentary system. But we may need to think about some very creative solutions. This is the threat to our country. There, there's no way a ticket like that would survive the primaries. I, I mean, what you see in this country is more extreme on the left and more extreme on the right. What you're talking about is finding the common ground in the middle. And I, I don't see a whole lot of that anywhere these days. Yeah, I, I don't either. But um, uh, what I do see is us continuing to go down this path, path Becky. Something's going to break. The last year was like, I think, I think we're standing on a floor with a false bottom. Like, yeah, we got through the last year and it was kind of okay. And Biden was able to do this. And the Republicans were all able to go down and, 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 and realign behind Trump last year. I'm telling you, Becky, when we're here a year from now, I really believe if, if we stay on this course, something's going to break. Something's going to go bang. And um, uh, if it does, I, I really think things could unravel. I'm very, very worried. 
You think business leaders are, are equally worried? What do they talk about behind closed doors? Oh, I think they all know, um, you know, what's going on. They, they all know that um, what Trump did, what he's doing to the party. Um, some of them have stepped out and, and been a little more courageous. I, I get it. They're focused on, you know, their shareholders and their share prices. But I'm telling you, um, this is going to affect their employees. It's going to affect their communities. Um, you know, civil wars aren't good for business. Other issues that are facing us right now are two external threats, one being Russia with what's happening with Ukraine, the other being China um, and our completely frayed relationship with them and trying to put a foot forward. Um, business leaders have a lot at stake, particularly when it comes to China. Is there any way to continue to straddle both worlds or are business leaders going to have to choose a side when it comes to China and the United States? It's a really important question, Becky. You know, um... China today is so much more open than it was 40 years ago and so much more closed than it was five years ago. You know, Xi Jinping has really taken China on a, on a U-turn in terms of its uh, openness internally. They've basically snuffed out democracy in Hong Kong. Um, uh, can you imagine if you know I, I turned on CNBC one morning and back in 2008 and it said that Steve Jobs had disappeared? Well, Steve Jobs of China, you know, um, uh, Jack Ma, the head of Alibaba, has basically disappeared. Um, and these are really disturbing behaviors. Uh, and so it's not like both sides are, are, are um, equal here. They're not. China's really um, reversed itself in a lot of fundamental ways that are really challenging to, to business and to America and China, you know, um, in terms of global relations. So uh, I, I really don't know what to do. I, I, I really feel that she is, is taking China down a path where he's destroying trust, whatever trust he had. Uh, with business and, and with a lot of its neighbors. And I think it's really bad for China. The problem for us, Becky, is that China is a, is a, can be a danger if it's too strong. It also can be a danger if it's too weak. And um, so I really worry about where, where she is going. As for Putin, you know, Putin is like America's bad boyfriend from hell. You know, he's this guy we just really, we don't want to date you anymore. We, we want to see other people. Um, please go away. And he just won't go away because- It's not us, it's you. It's right, exactly. It's right. It's, it's, it's his relationship with us uh, is how he measures himself, how he measures Russia's dignity in the world. And, and so what he's doing now with Ukraine, I, I, again, I'm really worried about this situation. Business leaders, all of us need to watch this very closely because he's really put himself up a tree. He's basically laid down in print and in speech um, a marker that says, um, if I don't uh, uh, get, if the world, NATO and America does not recognize Russia's sphere of influence, over the former satellites of the Soviet Union and basically all of Eastern Europe and, and affirms that Ukraine can never be part of NATO or the European Union, then, uh, you know, something uh, something bad could happen here. Well, he's up a tree because we're not going to give him that. And so I don't know how this is going to end, that he's just going to have to eat something because we are not going to give him what he wants. But if, if he does invade Ukraine, that, that would be a real game changer. Tom, I wish we had time to talk about some lighter subjects this morning, maybe things like inflation or COVID, but we're out of time. Um, next time when you're back, we will look for a more uplifting conversation. But thanks for being with us. It's good to see you. My pleasure, Ben. Thanks so much. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Squawk Pod today. We're on TV weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern, and we're in your ears. This podcast is available wherever you listen. Hopefully you've followed or subscribed where you're listening now. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 